Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Folland. Thanks for listening. This time, let's find out what it's like being freelance for photographer Tara Sura. People get so caught up in competing with each other, like following what their competition's doing and seeing what they can do to get like one up on them. And I always find that you should just actually make friends with your competition. There's an element of personality that goes into business as well. I think a lot of people make choices, not nowadays so much on the price or portfolio or these kind of individual factors. A lot of people make repeat decisions, especially on personality. And no textbook ever taught me that. Yes, so this week we hear from Tara and intermittently her dog as well. By the way, do check out all of the guests, a ton of guests for you to check out. Remember, the whole point of this is that we chat about the being freelance. So it doesn't matter about the particular field they work in. It's all about the being freelance. It doesn't matter if it's different from you. You'll still uh, take loads out of it. Um, Thank you very much to everybody who's been commenting on the videos as well. I've been documenting my freelance journey in a vlog. And uh, just as I, I, I mean, I, I don't know, was I going to give it up? I was certainly thinking it, it's a real struggle to get it edited. And I only have a certain amount of time and I prioritise the podcast. And yeah, it was preying on my mind. And then just as that was happening, I got a whole swathe of feedback, be it on Twitter or emails or actual comments below the videos that kind of lifts me up and kept, kept me going with it. So uh, dude, check it out beingfreelance.com for all of the episodes and the link through to the vlog on YouTube. Hit subscribe on there as well. I'll shut up though. Let's crack on and hear from Tara, a freelance photographer based in... You're in London, right? Hello, Tara. Hey, how are you? Yes, in North London, actually. Is it Barnet? Yeah, so leafy suburbs, the last stop on the Piccadilly line, Cockfosters. Yeah. And- Try and say that without laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know it well. I used to. Barnet was where my orthodontist was when I was. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I was a kid with the yeah. with it. Was it the Spires Shopping Centre? The Spires, yeah, there still go. there. Still there. Well. Yeah. Um, okay. Not that they did a very good job of my teeth. Anyway, but that's that's besides the point. <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's nothing to do with Barnet. Okay, so I tell you what, as ever, let's get started hearing about how you got started being freelance. Okay, so I've only been freelance for, so actually since December 2015, so not even two years. As soon as I graduated from university, I went straight into full-time work. I've always worked with food and merchandising, so very, like, visually orientated. One of my very first jobs was working for John Lewis and fashion brand LK Bennett, doing a lot of their visual merchandising for their concessions around London. And so that's where my love for, like, everything creative and visual and colour came from. And then I'd been doing photography on the side as as I was travelling, as a bit of a hobby. And my other half was a bit of an amateur photographer as well. Um, And it's only until we started travelling extensively about seven years ago. I loved the idea of um, travel photography, but I was still working. I never thought I'd go freelance, you know, seven years fast forward. And I actually just really wanted to have a bit more flexibility and creativity in in my job. Um, so I did a, a, a various uh, a number of jobs um, in food, in marketing, in events, um, with some fantastic restaurants in and around London. So I'd always be, been on the food side. Um, and then 
my partner and I got engaged and I wanted to go freelance and there was an opportunity that came up had been assisting part-time at the weekends with photographers as my interest grew stronger and so in December 2015 I was I weaned off my full-time job and started up my studio but it was very different then to what it is now I actually started doing a bit of kind of business advisory for small businesses or businesses or small food businesses because of my experience in restaurants and in food in general so I actually started off with a full-time consulting type role for a small private catering company like it was just a an individual actually and then I got recommended further and further and further and then eventually my business changed so much I started doing uh, photography so it's and I, I, I actually have like a design studio now, which I'll explain a bit more about. But so it's changed so much uh, since I started. And it seems like people call it like a curly route in to what I do now. So it's very different to what I do. But I think the main thing is that the reason why my business has changed so quickly is, is that um, I've added services that clients were asking for time and time again and removed those that I was kind of wasting my time selling. So... That's a long version of the short story of how I went freelance. It's, I think the reason mainly was because I wanted the flexibility, I wanted the creativity, and I've always wanted to run my own business as well, and that's one of the biggest reasons, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. So when you went freelance, uh, because we should should explain, so you don't trade as yourself, as no. Tara Sura, right? No, no. So I set up this studio offering initially this kind of consulting arm and then like marketing and then like photography because it all kind of mixes in together really my business is very much aimed um, at small businesses so when they're just starting out they need a bit of advice they need some photography they want some help on social media and they want some help with you know some marketing or whatever so then I used to offer these packages um, a bit like for three months or you know a one-off session and now in response to my clients and what they were asking for over the kind of 18 months that I've been doing this I do uh, very strictly photography which I do and I have a number of design partners that I work with because I'm so busy just doing photography so I very much focus on that now and I work with a number of other people that own similar size businesses to me who you know complement my business and I've also almost kind of built up a community and my studio is very much a community of people that work together I don't employ all of these people necessarily but I work with a number of these types of people like for example I think you may have previously interviewed Alison Battersby from Avocado Social. Mm. So she's one of my design partners, for example. And then I've got like Claire Hartley, who's an amazing illustrator and designer. And we're all at very similar stages of our business. And this kind of community environment has really allowed my business to grow. Um, I always say to people that it's all about community and not so much competition. And therefore, I've named the studio as like Fork and Dram. But I don't want to say too much about that because it might give you like a clue to like a later question that can be planned. <laughs> so I'm not going to say too much, but I'll, I'll like backtrack when we get there. <laughs> so you trade as fork and dram. So you, yeah. so you take care of the photography element. Yeah, I take care of the photography, yeah. yeah. And then you you don't pretend to people that you're doing everything else. You you're, you call them your partners, but the, these are yeah, so absolutely. if you need social media or design. Yeah. 
Absolutely. They're all on the website. They've all got their own individual profiles. And if the client says to me, oh, we want, we want your direction, Tara, your, your visual kind of like ideas, okay, well, we'll work together. And more often than not, we will work together um, because photography work is, you know, is linked so closely to social media. Photography is linked so closely with like designing like a logo or some brand guidelines when you're like rebranding. So with Claire, she's the illustrator, we work very closely together. Um, and then like marketing as well and PR, you know, we all send like work kind of both ways as well because photography is such like an integral part of all those things so um it's very much like joint an obvious question i guess like from the technical point of view is if i come to you as a client um am i being billed by fork and dram even if you know i've had photography done at the beginning but ongoing i'm getting social media through like is it all done through you or do you simply refer me over to i refer you over yeah so i would refer you over to alison or i would um refer you over to claire or whoever else they may be in my design team or my videographer poppy for for example so it's all very much done um separately um some projects where we all work together it's it comes like i build a client but only if it's like a collaborative, um, uh, collaborative project. So, for example, I've been working on a website where I've done the photography and the web design, so the actual, like, visuals and the layouts and how I want it to look because a client trusts me. And then there's some elements of the website that I don't know too well, like in terms of design, because I also do Squarespace website design as a photographer. It's not something I do a lot of just because I'm so busy and it takes up a lot of time. So we were working on a web project. So I did the overall like art direction, if you want to call it. And then um, I worked with a freelance web designer and then we kind of built the website together. But the client... I build the client and then I paid my designer. Yeah, yeah. So in that instance, it's it's slightly different. That's more like mm. it's going for you. It's yeah. yeah, it's a really nice idea, as you say, that sense yeah. of community. So yeah, in that sense of that word as well, do you three or four, however many partners it is, with your different skills, like meet up and discuss ideas? Yeah, or absolutely. We try and meet up quite regularly. Or we drop each other an email, see what we've been up to, um, if there's anything we can help with. So, like, I always say that like people get so caught up in competing with each other, like following what their competition's doing and seeing what they can do to get like one up on them. And I always find that you should just actually make friends with your competition, but not like in a bad way. So you can kind of get inside and kind of be friends on the outside but kind of like really actually want to know what they're doing like not in that way like befriending someone especially like your competition or like someone in your kind of circle is is knowledge that's knowledge and if I am busy or I haven't got like a window for a job I'll always pass on a job and if I have a question about or you know what would you do in this situation or if you know I had a problem or I had you know an a query for something it's always good to have like someone in your industry or, you know, someone that's kind of in your kind of circle just to ask. So I don't really see like any of the people around me as competition. There's loads of people that I admire that obviously are better than me and got much more experience than me. And even so, like, it's amazing just to befriend them rather than see them as competition. And I think it's a much healthier way of running your business as well, because I know so many businesses I get so caught up in seeing everyone else around them as competition whereas actually they should network with them and socialize with them so 
you know, because together we're much greater rather than like lots of us kind of being like individual people trying to get on and on our and about our way sort of thing, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, nice. What is it? So less than two years, as, as you said it. So how have you gone about, obviously some clients have come to you through the partners that you've just mentioned, but also you, you have your own clients that are coming to you. So how are you finding those? So I spend a lot of time speaking to potential clients, be it at events. I do a lot of kind of workshops as well. So individual workshops with other photographers again the sense of community so I teach as well um about once a month with other photographers styling so some people refer me like that and then I go to a lot of industry events as well where I'm either talking about what I do like giving tips on styling visual identities so I think it's about getting in front of your audience there's so many people that are photographers nowadays and that is the truth. Um, I think you've really got to... Gone are the days where the business comes to you because you're an amazing photographer. Um, I think you've got to really put yourself out there and make real relationships. I think, I'd like to think I'm quite personable and I'm not just an email address. I like to think I'm quite creative and fun to work with as well, but I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I, I, I do try and meet my clients first before they become my clients. And so I, I won't just like drop them an email. I'll see them at an event and I'll follow up with them. Or um, we, my Instagram is um, a huge extension of my portfolio as well. I think my other half and underestimates this. He's always like, oh, you're always posting, always on Instagram. And I don't have the biggest following and it's not all about the numbers either. And my account is like the perfect example. A lot of people, a lot of my referrals come from Instagram. And then from there, it's like word of mouth as well. And I have a few... Um, like agencies that I've been working with, like even from when I was assisting, like years ago, that now I do my own thing or I'm you know, a bit more established, they come directly to me for work. So there's a number of channels and I think you've really got to diversify as well. For example, like um, my lo- my the house that I live in, my work slash home studio is also up for lo- location hire. So like for TV and recording and uh, video and all that sort of stuff. So... I have a lot of people come in like, through there as well, like some, I don't know, I had like BBC and Cadbury's and Samsung like come to the house and use the house for like location hire. Ah. So that's like another side of my business that I, you know, also is a channel for people coming to me directly for work because they realise you're a photographer, they realise you do a bit of styling. So they think, oh, OK, maybe I'll just come directly to you for the whole thing because, you know, you've got the location, you've got the props and you're also a photographer. So it's another channel. So I think like nowadays it's, some people really hate doing lots of things at once. Like some people just find it really, they feel like out of control, but I love like doing lots of different things at once. Whilst you do all of these very many things, you know, Mm. you're diverse in many ways and yet actually visually you have quite a a niche. You have sort of stuck with that food, for example. Yeah, absolutely. And my business is focused uh, very much towards startups. So like startup prices, startup value. Um, it's almost like an agency style structure, but it's with startup prices. And my packages reflect those as well. So a lot of my clients, they always ask for the same thing. So like product shots, pack shots, you know, white backgrounds, things that you see in supermarket, kind of like online shopping pictures, thumbnails. And then... The lifestyle shots, so kind of like in situ. And then like I do a whole range for like social media. And 
these essentially have just been built from the feedback that I've had. And like I said, there's no point wasting my time selling what I think is the right thing to be selling my customers when they want something completely different. So I've kind of carved my own niche and I I say I've carved my own niche, but my kind of clients have helped me essentially carve it really. Yeah, I like that. It's the idea of adapting or like paying attention and listening to what people actually want because it can be easy just to kind of be blinkered in a way. Yeah, exactly. And that's... And I said, you know, I go and spend a lot of time talking to my clients and putting myself in front of them. And that's what that's helped achieve, essentially, just by talking to them. And I think that's really important for like freelancers and like anyone who really runs business, like responding to your audience. How would you say you've picked up your business skills? Um, I've always been really business orientated. Um, I think like from a very young age my mum and dad used to run a business um from like when we were very young we spent a lot of time around my mum and dad when they were running businesses before my mum got married she used to run like businesses and my father-in-law and my other half all run businesses so I've never been around many people that have like a structured office job and there's nothing wrong with it obviously it works for many people but I've been exposed to the time, the love and the effort and the graph that goes into, um, you know, running your own business and obviously the skills that are needed for that. And then I studied business as well. And there's a lot of things that textbooks don't teach you, of course. But I think with the experience that I've had of watching my parents and then studying business, I had a business degree with economics. So very, again, very, not very traditional at all uh, for a photographer. But I think a lot of people say that to me, oh, you're doing something so different now. Was it just a waste of time? And I say absolutely not a waste of time because it's helped me like be the way I am now. It's the reason why I'm you know able to be like think ahead and think about how my business structure is and responding to my clients. All these small business things that you know you don't necessarily you know know or get taught. You said there that there's things which the textbooks don't teach you. What would you say the the main things would be that you've picked up? I'd say maybe you know when, when like for example like when you're like quiet as a freelancer it can be a little bit worrying um, or like when you're really really busy it's, it's knowing how to like deal with both of those times and obviously having a cash flow to you know survive as well and I think those things that only experience teaches you textbooks can't teach you how to be personable as well and there's an element of personality that goes into business as well Um, and I think a lot of people make choices not nowadays so much on your price or you know your portfolio or you know these kind of individual factors a lot of people make repeat decisions especially on personality and no textbook ever taught me that. Now, I noticed that you've um, won some awards. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Uh, awards or competitions. How important is that to you? Um, so I recently got onto the front cover. I think these are the ones that you're talking about recently. Re- recently on the front cover of Lonely Planet magazine for one of my um, personal pictures that I took from a trip to Cuba. It was just something I saw on Instagram. I thought, hey, why not? I probably won't get it, but there's no cost I'm not going to lose anything let's just let's just enter so I did and I um 
I got onto Planet Chrome, which is which is great, and I mm. it's probably one of my biggest achievements to date because Lonely Planet is a massive um, travel magazine, obviously, and it's one that I've aspired to for many many years, and I've collected all of their subscriber issues. And I remember being a child and saying, oh, imagine if one day, like, I was on this tiny page and then, like, years on, I got onto the front cover, which was amazing. And then I got shortlisted for um, Pink Lady Food Photography Award. I think awards aren't... um, They are, like, I'd be lying if I said they weren't important for me, but they don't define me, if that makes sense. So I wouldn't say that, like, some of the greatest photographers need to have awards to be recognised. There are some fantastic photographers out there that I really admire um, and do some great things, but necessarily haven't got any awards. It can be really disheartening as well um, if you don't go any further, you know, if you've you've entered. But I think it's, it's good fun, like, to enter, and if you get somewhere, for me, it's just a bonus, really. It doesn't define you, and awards shouldn't define anybody because you've got to remember that. It's just one person's judgment, um, and I think that you should be happy. As, especially, certainly as a creative, you should be happy, you know, delivering the standard of work that you do, and if your clients are happy and you're happy with the work that you're delivering, then what does an award mean? It doesn't mean anything. Um, mm. I have been a little bit busier, thank, well, not thankfully. Um, I have been a little bit busier because people have seen the award and have had a, a rush of inquiries, which has been nice. You sound really busy. How do you go about managing your time? I don't. I'm really bad at managing my time. That's the honest, honest answer. I work from home. Obviously, as you know, I've got a small office at home. And so it's just across the corridor from my bedroom. So it's really, really bad. Like I'll be up at seven o'clock. I could be working till eight, nine o'clock in the evening. So like 12, 13 hours. Um, On some days, at the moment, I'm a little bit quieter, admittedly. I'm getting married in three months. So I've taken some time out just to focus on that. But I'm I'm not the best at managing my time. I could work all day, every day. It does take a lot of time and I think a lot of people underestimate that when it comes to photographers. You know, it's not just about shooting. I put together mood boards, um, shot lists and I have assistants that I work with, food stylists, still life stylists, my own camera assistants that I work with that need to be kind of managed as well. Um, And then obviously I run the business because it's really hard. Like when you're busy... You don't have time to plan for future business. And then all of a sudden you get quiet and you think, oh, I didn't plan for this because I've been so busy. Um, So when there's dips in the business, those quiet periods, um, you have nothing to do. So, well, you do have stuff to do, but you're not as busy, obviously, which is what I'm experiencing right now. Um, You know, because I've been so busy over the last 18 months, I haven't had any time at all to plan for any gaps so, yeah, it's not the easiest, especially when you're by yourself, and I am by myself. Then you might say, so why are you doing all those other things that you do? You're crazy. <laughs> the other reason why I find managing my time really hard is because I find it really hard to switch off. So everything's always related to my business, and I always like doing stuff related to my business. Not necessarily working or shooting or anything like that, but like because there are so many different strands to what I do, there's also lots to always think about and it's hard to switch off like that Mm. and how about the sort of managing your finances 
Okay, so my other half's an accountant, so I've got a massive ah. advantage. Yeah. That doesn't mean, just for the record, <laughs> that I don't pay any tax before anyone thinks that. Because he very, very clearly told me, he goes, you're going to get no exception at all. You're just like everyone else. You know, I'd help you. But he, he, he makes me do all of my own bookkeeping, my own accounts. In terms of my managing, my finances, my invoicing. And he always has said to me from the start, you need to know because it's your money and you need to know how it works. And it's really good discipline, actually. Um, I do use... Um, a zero accounting software. I know many other freelancers also do. I think I underestimated how well my business runs now comparatively to before, like when I used to use it. Um, and obviously, cash flow is so important for a small business, especially during these quiet periods. Um, and with zero, just at a glance, I can see all my life quotes, current invoices, um, and most importantly, anything that's overdue or unpaid. At the moment, we've been saving for our wedding, so I haven't seen any of my money for the last two years, which is um, madness. So I've got three months to go, so I'm looking forward to, you know, actually starting to save again for the next kind of stage in our lives. Mm. And in terms of, like, holidays, we love travelling, so a lot of our money does go there. But we take weekday holidays, actually, um, because they're much cheaper. So it works very well that we're freelance... We love travelling. We try and take a break at least once a month, which is, I know, quite a lot. But only for a few days a month. Um, and I use it as an opportunity to work on a few personal projects, like my travel side. I love, like, travel photography. Uh, it's not a source of income for me, but um, it's something that I have an interest in. Uh, so we do travel quite a lot, Um just for a few days at a time and as being an accountant he can work remotely so it works quite nicely yeah oh that's great and how do you manage your client's expectations when you're traveling um we normally only go away for like maybe two or three days a month at a time Hmm. um i always make sure that everything is wrapped up before i go i hate leaving things open-ended anyway to be fair, I have been on trips where, like, a few months ago, I remember, and I worked all the way through up until, like, 2 in the morning on holiday. And it can be really unsocial, sometimes a little bit fun, frustrating as well. But sometimes those things just happen and you have to deal with them. Um, and I think that's just the nature of working for yourself. Um, I remember we were in, I think, Paris in February and we were walking down the Champs-Élysées and literally from one end to the other we were both on the phone to clients (laughs) Uh, and it's just the way it is and we were both like pointing and miming silently to each other (laughs) while being on the phone and it's just the way it is Um, I mean you know a client calls you you run your own business it could be a new it could be a query it could be something quite urgent it could be a, a new client you can't not pick up the phone because you only get the one chance, right, when someone calls you. <laughs> so like wherever that. you yeah. are, you, you have, to, have to pick up the phone, unfortunately. And that's part of, you know, the service that I provide, part of the service that my other half provides, we work very similarly. So if it meant, you know, being on the phone for, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes, 
you know, that, that's what that's what it was. Yeah, at least you both understand it. It's like a modern freelance romance. I like. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going to say in my wedding speech. Actually, I'm going to put that in there. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it's become. Yeah. Now I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself. Make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. So, what have you got for me? These are going to be so easy for you now because I think I've like told you my whole life story. Hang on. <laughs> okay, I'm going to just say them as in one. I can speak five different languages. Two, my go-to drink is whiskey and I have, I have a huge personal collection. And three, I used to be a wedding and events planner. Hmm. <laughs> you see, I don't think you have said these. Uh, I mean, you used to organise events, but wedding and events, maybe you just missed out the word wedding. Maybe, uh, maybe not. And then you've been very clever when discussing your own wedding. Five languages. Okay, which five languages do you speak? So Punjabi, Greek, French, Italian and German. Wow. Flipping egg. As in you can speak them all decently. I'm not fluent in all of them, like, equally, but I am more fluent in, for example, French and Punjabi. Wow. Uh, a whiskey... So you're a whiskey collection. That's, yeah. That, that's impressive. Different for a girl, they say. What's your f- most... Pri- you know, what are you most proud of in that collection? What's your favourite? Um, probably we've got a whole... Um, we've got quite a lot of, like, whiskies where... We've got like whole batches, so they've made like a few different batches, and we've got like the whole batch, and then they're now sold out, so they're all numbered. And we've got a a lot of the collection is um, like no longer able to be bought, so like from the shops, we've got like the last bottles, for example. What? That's like a proper collection. Is that? Do do you drink them, or are you saving them as an investment? Investment, yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. And are you ever tempted to to open one though? So when we, when we buy, we always buy one to drink, and then we buy like the rest to, ah. to 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 keep. Yeah. And wedding. What was the like worst thing about being a sort of weddings events plan? I can imagine what the nice things are, but what was the worst um, thing the worst about being thing- an event? Was um, I used to get quite stressed about it. It was very unsocial. Uh, I used to work like obviously all weekend um, and all through the week as well, probably with a Monday or a Tuesday off. And the night before our wedding, I never used to get any sleep just because I used to sweat the small details so much. And I used to get very, very stressed um, before a wedding and... That's why I stopped doing what I was doing. Wow. Do you have a, a planner for your own wedding? No. So you're not going to sleep before yours either? No, I'm very excited <laughs> about mine because I know that I've got everything under control. Oh, God. You, you're an excellent liar because these are all very convincing. Go on. And I've, I thought I developed a good... See, whiskey collection, that was such a good, quick answer on... Like I would have just picked out a random name for you, like your most prized <laughs> thing, but you had a real, you know, that was a real connoisseur's answer, which makes me yeah. think that must be true. Wedding events 
Again, it was a good answer, but is that because you've been so close to organising a wedding recently yeah. and you did do events? So the, it's like the perfect lie, perfect <laughs> I alibi. I love the way you're dissecting this. <laughs> five languages. I know, I, it's, I think I'm Columbo. Um, <laughs> five languages. I mean, I, well, you, you've said you're well-travelled, Punjabi, Greek, it's French, Italian, German. I don't know, there was something about the way you said German, though. It's almost like you had to suddenly make one up. I'm going to say you can't speak five languages. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yes! <laughs> I that... did struggle to get that German one in. Yes, you I? did. I was like, think of one, Tara, think of one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see, see I'm, I'm, I'm quite a detective nowadays. You're really good. You're getting good at this. I like this game, you know. I'm going to play it like on a Friday night out in the pub. <laughs> um, now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Um, invest in your business when you're quiet and no time will be wasted. It's something I always say and I always say to people that are setting up their businesses now. I've got lots of friends um, that are kind of at the very early stages and I always say... Don't waste any time, you know, when you're setting up, when you're quiet or when you're looking for business. Put all the foundations down and it'll pay dividends later. And there's a really good quote that I always use whenever I, you know, I'm doing at classes or when I'm talking about my business. Um, and I'm, I, I don't know who said this quote, but it's a really good quote and it goes like this. There is nothing in nature that blooms all year long. So don't expect yourself to do so either. And it's really important because it just teaches you that it's absolutely normal and you shouldn't panic when your business goes a little bit quiet. There are quiet periods and busy periods. And I think that's one thing I was really afraid of when I first started off. And I speak to a lot of people that are at very early stages of the business as well and they are worried about their money and cash flow and, and it is a genuine it's a genuine um concern obviously. Um and I definitely say like it what you do now when you're quiet will absolutely pay dividends later and whatever you do, um so long as you're not wasting any time, whatever you do to invest in your business is is um you know, you're doing something for the business. You're still working, as it were. Nice. Um, Tara, thank you so much. Uh, check out beingfreelance.com. We'll put a link through to Tara's website, to Fork and Dram, so that you can uh, check out, well, her beautiful photography, but also the, you know, it's an interesting way of running the business, actually, which we haven't come across that often of like this sort of uh, partners and you know the way that her site works you can ch check that out uh, if you've been inspired beingfreelance.com and don't forget while you're there check out all of the other guests and sign up to the, the newsletter check out the vlog as well uh, but Tara thank you so much all the best with the wedding of course thank you so much and all the best being freelance thank you so much for having me 